Everybody, welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives podcast. It is me, your host Evan, with the All American Conservative Solomon Tack and special guest George Santos, host of Talking GOP on Queens Public TV and candidate for the United States House of Representatives in the Third New York District. Thank you so much for coming on, George. So, Thank you for I, me. so I heard you were hanging out in Elmhurst Hospital for a little bit. What was that all about? So yeah, that's uh, that was a very interesting uh, hangout spot. Said no one ever, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Unfortunately, on the 9th of March, I became symptomatic with uh, what we all know now very well: COVID nineteen, aka coronavirus, or commonly known as the Chinese flu. <laughs> so, it's from um, China. Yeah, it's from China. Anyway. Um, I ended up at the hospital uh, after becoming symptomatic on the 11th. Uh, On the 9th, I became symptomatic. On the 11th, I ended up in the hospital. It was really bad fever, uh, body aches, and, you know, all the known symptoms there, nothing extra. Uh, I was in there for uh, pretty much, I'd say, four to five hours max. Uh, They put me on the gurney right off the ambulance because I was ambulanced in, Uh, and then all they did was put a plastic bubble in me with, like, a big kind of, like, air filter and that's what they call isolation because they had run out of isolation rooms at that point. And this was early on. I mean, we're saying the 11th of March was not as bad as the following week became, right? We weren't in a shutdown in New York. Schools were still open. Uh, it was just, you know, life as usual. And I had a nasty flu from China, you know, uh, out of all places and out of all people. I got it. So yay me. Um, I was there. It wasn't as bad as it is now, right? So I was tested. Uh, for influenza, it came back negative. I I, I had a uh, lung X-ray, a chest X-ray made. It was clear. So they did the COVID, which they shoved uh, uh, a Q-tip up each one of my nostrils and one in the back. That was the first version of the test, right? Oh God! Three swabs, one in each nostril, and it was deep up there, and then one in the back of your throat. Send that off to the lab. Uh, it was supposed to be ready within 24 to 48 hours. It ended up being ready in 72 hours. They were backed up. So by the 14th, I got the confirmation that I was negative. Oh, I was positive. I'm sorry. And at that point, I knew I was positive because I was running a fever of like 102.5 for the last three days. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't subside. It wouldn't break 101.4, 101.5. That was my normal temperature for five days. Uh, hallucination much? I mean, hey. <laughs> At one point, I didn't know if it was day, night, right, wrong, if I was hungry, if I had gone to the bath. I I was just, like, out of it. It was really bad. Uh, So, you know, after the worst went by, I was back there for retest on the 24th of March. uh, And on the 26th, I came back, tested negative. So I'm I'm free, right? Coronavirus free, and they're calling me a survivor. I I don't know if I really survived anything. It's just... (laughs) flu so cue the, cue the beyonce song right yeah pretty much right um so long story short my revisit was a little eerie and a little scary because now i'm going back to the same hospital on my own terms which i i posted a video i walked to the to the hospital it's only like a 2.5 mile walk from my current residence uh so i walked each way and when i got to the front of the hospital there's this huge tent 
lines of people through the roof and a refrigerated truck. Now we, we've come to learn is where they're putting in bodies. And to, 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 to my surprise is, why so many bodies? Like, is coronavirus isn't killing that many people unless they're all dying in Elmhurst Hospital and some, nobody's telling us what's going on. So it's been a, it was a very different vibe uh, from going in the hospital and it's, 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 it's just not a nice place to be. I didn't want to be there to be retested with the fear of contracting it again, God forbid, because I, you know, whatever. So all I can say is Elmhurst Hospital is not a nice place to be. If you live in the area and you have an option to go somewhere else, I suggest you go there. Um, coronavirus tests are free of charge. The federal government waived any cost and, and the hospitals are following suit. So it doesn't matter if it's a private or city hall hospital, just don't go to Elmhurst. You don't want to go there. Not a nice place to be. Yeah, now you got hit pretty hard with this, but a lot of people who are getting this, they could have gotten in and didn't know. It all depends on kind of how severe you get it. I have several friends that work in medicine and they're saying the majority of people who are, get, who are getting this are not even going to the hospital, but the people that it is hitting hard, it is, it is greatly affecting them. Now, well, my, I, buddy, my buddy said he, he works in the ER. He's like, I definitely got it. He's like, I know I got it. I was symptomatic, but it wasn't anything serious. And that, that's it. Well, look, I have an immunodeficiency and I also have acute chronic bronchitis. Uh, you know, I, I also battled a, a brain tumor a couple of years ago and I had radiation done, which really really lowers your immunity in, in general. Radiation is in the game, right? Uh, and, and I'm susceptible to cancer. It's in my DNA, right? So I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm the healthiest person out there, but I'm not one of the most healthiest person people out there. And yet... I got through with this, even though I had one of the most severe underlining issues, with it, which is the respiratory issue. Uh, I did not need a respirator. I did not need a ventilator. I did not need oxygen. All I needed was to go back on an, on an inhaler for three months, uh, for three days. I'm sorry, <laughs> months. For three days, I was on an inhaler. It's a delirium still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a little bit of the... <laughs> delirium still there but no so all i needed was the, the inhaler for three days and um i was good so nothing too crazy I, I i'm just i'm just shocked at the at the proportion that this is being blown up to because here i am a perfect candidate to be you know r.i.p and it, it just didn't happen Zach, anything uh i'm glad you made it out safe which is first and foremost Oh, I'm glad too. What do you <laughs> that sounded that's, very genuine, Evan. <laughs> that's the number one thing is I'm always happy to, to meet uh, quote unquote survivors. Not that we're talking about the Me Too movement, but we're actually talking about a, a real. Harvey Weinstein uh, gave me coronavirus. <laughs> 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 and I still didn't get the gig. <laughs> I mean, I still have questions about certain things you've been able to achieve and throughout New York City. So now that you brought up Harvey Weinstein, I understand. So from our, our previous conversations before we went on air, but um, yes, that's the that's really it. Just glad to see you safe. Glad to know that you were able to make it out and overcome despite any of your previous trials and and tribulations. So and it's it's good to add your story because we we hear all the horror stories. You have all the nurses and everybody that's coming on on and on social media and they're saying, "Hey, we can't handle this. We can't handle any of this." Uh, 
Are we talking about the uh, the governor of New York City? Yeah, <laughs> I wish. So uh, he's coming up next. So oh, wait, the, we are we are going to get into him in a little bit. The, <laughs> it sounded so, like he was describing Governor Cole. That's why. <laughs> I'm, I'm describing this nurse that went on on Instagram, and she works at a hospital in New York City. I wish she said her name. Or I wish I knew her name. But um, what was her OnlyFans account name? Tech <laughs> OnlyFans account. We're getting into that <laughs> after the show. No, he. Uh, from what I understand, you're interested in AOC's OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> not doing thirty dollars a month. Tonight. Not tonight. Not today. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> she gets on. She gets on, and she's saying that they can't handle any of the situation that's going on, and da da da. And I'm like, oh man, it would have made perfect sense if New York would have been worried about New Yorkers from the get go, and not being a sanctuary city, and protecting illegals from deportation. And, and blocking ice from every moment of the, the day to do their job, then you would have had enough equipment to go by on for New York City residents. You wouldn't have it because different cultures operate by different standards. So now you have this cluster of people who never went through the classes to learn how to become Americans. You have this cluster of people who never really truly some of them, I'm not going to say all of them, some of them never truly wanted to, to be Americans. Otherwise, they would have went the route to go and do their, their paperwork and become legal immigrants. And so they don't know how to operate according to our standards of operation. So now they're going through and they're uh, spreading disease and spreading virus. You have the city completely overcrowded now. And you wonder why or, they don't as big as they do. Or tech, just just to like chime in on you and piggyback on what you're saying how about the fact that we had state senator john lou along with uh mayor bill de blasio on tv on new york one on fox incentivizing the population to go out and celebrate chinese new years in the middle of a coronavirus wait is this sweatshop john lou is this the same john lou it's probably the same. I don't know. <laughs> allegedly, we're going to say yes. Yes, allegedly. <laughs> I, I, look, all I can say is it's it's de Blasio completely disregarded it. Senator Ted Lieu, um, I'm sorry, John Lieu, uh, here in um, New, State Senator John Lieu here in New York on the 11th Senate District, he went on TV and said, oh, no, don't worry. This is racist. He's Chinese, obviously. So he... Mm-hmm trying to stand up for his people and say it's a racist thing to not go out there. No, let's go celebrate. Hug a person. And then the the China, the Italians opened up the garment district and, and said, hug a, hug a Chinese today. You know? What? <laughs> it's just bizarre. Look, look at what happened. I'm not saying I'm not racist against the Chinese population. And I don't quite frankly think it's their fault for Chinese Americans living in the United States. That's not the case here. But today I had, believe it or not, a two-hour and 15-minute conversation um, over the phone with a gentleman by the name of Michael Cutler, and he really enlightened me. He's an immigration specialist. He's been in, he's testified uh, in front of Congress uh, countless times. The guy's been around for, he's 72 years old, and he can take, take about, give or take, 40 years doing this. And he openly attributes the spread of coronavirus for a, for a failing lax immigration system. And there is a correlation there. Obviously, I'm not qualified to speak on it, but I see his point of view. And, and I think that we should be worried about what's going on and, and, and where we're going with all of this. Because how the hell did New York become the epicenter of coronavirus if it started in Washington state? 
I'm people. <laughs> <laughs> people that don't know how to actually uh, follow the rules as far as, as container. See, freedom comes with a, a certain amount of, uh, of you just doing what the hell you're supposed to do. If you yeah. don't do what you're supposed to do, then what, I, what I've said a few episodes ago, the government's always going to move to protect itself. They're going to force you to do what you're supposed to do. So if you don't know how to properly take care of your freedom at all, and you start taking advantage of certain systems, et cetera, et cetera, then you willingly, in a sense, give up those freedoms because Absolutely. the government starts to put the, the clamp down. That's not what we want. We see it happening right now. And it's not what any of us want. But then you have even like the I've been watching over the past week, the Hasidics in Brooklyn that have just not been wanting to go inside of their damn house. And the police have been trying to force them into the house. And they're still like, well, we've got this and we've got that going on and we have to celebrate this. And who gives a damn what you have to celebrate? Williamsburg's numbers, they're literally dropping like flies. And it's because people don't know how to stay inside and they want to congregate with each other. That's fine and dandy. We'll do all of this and pray to God for and give him his extra blessings that we owe him after everything's said and done. Well, look, uh, bringing God into this, it's, it's a pretty it's a great way to spin something differently, right? I, I heard some atheists on uh, social media, uh, Evan's favorite atheist or believer on social media. <laughs> I, don't give, I don't give people I don't like platforms, so I don't say their names. <laughs> he, he, he was the first one that I actually had to delete off of Facebook because I just couldn't deal with the belligerence coming out of his posts. From the moment the governor said, we will ban congregations of uh, 500 people or more, he was the first one to say, I'm having a party, but it has to be 501, you know? And then, oh, we can't do this. I'm going to do it. You know, people, let's go do this. Just being defiant. The moment he became symptomatic and he got sick, now his tune has changed completely. So some people got to get punched in the face before they take shit serious. And I just cursed. I can't believe that. <laughs> that, is, that is what I say all the time, though. It's sometimes, you know, someone sometimes you need your ass kicked. You got to get punched in the face in order to really believe the threats is, is real. And that's what happened. And again, like I said, I don't give people that I don't like a platform, so I don't say their name. So you know who I'm talking about. I know for a fact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Well, and, and I'll, I'll throw this in there just to, to get it, make it interesting. And I'll, I'll pass the ball over to you, Evan, because I can take over your show for you. <laughs> Do it. I I'm pretty sure I took it. over yours when I was on it. So it's exactly. Fun. So this is a tit for tat kind of moment, right? <laughs> when you do more talking on my show, that's a problem. So I'm going to come on your show and do more talking. <laughs> so just, just throwing this out there, and I'll ask you a question. Um, how do you think Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo are performing during this crisis? So de Blasio, from day one, has been a complete tool. Him and the commissioner of schools trying to not close schools definitely has led to a bigger spread because you have kids taking public transportation. You have kids who are some of the teenagers who are like the dirtiest people in the history of the world. I still remember you were a dirty a te- teenager and you know that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they blow their nose into their hands and then just like wipe it on their jeans. It's like literally I've seen teenagers do this. I was never that kind of teenager for the record. So I don't know what <laughs> I've seen. I've seen kids do that. And then these kids go home to elderly grandparents or parents and stuff like that. And his excuse was garbage. His excuse was 
that this is the only safe haven and that kids don't have meals the other day. When, meanwhile, New Rochelle, the second they had to close everything, they had meals available for kids who were on meal assistance. They had this available. De Blasio has been a disaster from the beginning. Cuomo started off good. Once, and we'll just go right into this now because you asked about it, but him going after Trump over this quarantine idea, which Trump said we probably won't have to do it, but if we did, it would be to restrict travel so we can keep the hot the hotbeds isolated from other parts of the country, which makes sense. Listen, so the rest of the country can open and not deal with our issues. Exactly. So Cuomo, the economy can't stay the way it is. Cuomo started off fine, and then he decided, oh, I'm going to be on CNN again, so let me bash Trump because that's what they don't want me to do. And let me have a photo op with all these ventilators and all these masks and complain that we don't have anything. And then complain that New York State is bankrupt when we've been saying for months, actually over a year on this show, that we are $6 billion in debt due to Medicaid spending. So due to Cuomo's own spending, the state was broke before this even happened. He decided it was time for him to start taking cheap shots because he went back on CNN. Hold Isn't on. that the I reason have, why have 16 something. hospitals closed, though? Was because they defaulted on the, the Medicaid? Yeah, because when you have Democrats in the state government saying that Medicaid spending is what's bankrupting the, country, bankrupting the state, you know what's a problem because Democrats love to spend money. Well, let me, let me throw it out there to you. Um, Cuomo, because, and this was something that I just learned recently, and uh, I, those moments where I'm like, aha! You know, eventually, you know, when you put stuff aside and you defer it, defer it or ignore it, it doesn't go away. It gets worse. And when it gets worse, it bites you in the butt when it catches up to you. And it's like that snake trying to catch up to you for years. And then eventually when it does, it comes with you, bang, boom, you know. Um, So Cuomo deferred purchasing 5,000 ventilators in 2015 to defer costs because the, the state was so over budget. So we're short 5,000 ventilators in the state of New York because Cuomo said it wasn't necessary. And look, I've given Cuomo a lot of praise in the last few days, in the last few weeks, because he did act for the first time like a leader. But the moment he had an opportunity to come onto the limelight on CNN, as you mentioned, because until then it was only Fox giving him coverage, full coverage. Fox was giving him live national coverage. Mm-hmm the clock if he said trump had a daily talk show so did he for the last 10 days if trump was on every day for sure cuomo was on fox as well so yes he built up this 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 great relationship with the president of the united states which in a time like this we want to see govern government leaders do that like gavin newsom was the first one to come out you know in in a lighter note and in a positive note on the president but the fact that Cuomo dismissed the purchase of 5,000 ventilators in 2015, and now he's crying wolf that we don't have enough, but all the, all the 5,000 ventilators that were delivered by the federal government are sitting in a stockpile in the state where they discovered an additional 3,000. So hold on. We have 8,000 ventilators in a stockpile, and we want another 22 if we still have a stockpile of 8,000. I'm a a math guy. I just don't see the numbers. I don't see that many people going on ventilators. I don't think we're going to need 30,000 ventilators. And for the average person, I don't think people understand. A ventilator is the same cost of a brand new BMW X5. It's $45,000. This isn't like, oh, let me go buy some masks. Let me go buy some, 
you know, uh, pressure reading devices. It's, it's a car. <laughs> you know, it's an expensive piece of equipment. Yeah, and he bashes Trump saying, I don't know if this is plausible. I don't think it's legal. It's a federal declaration of war on the states. This is a guy who has shown zero respect for the rights of the citizens of New York State, and he's going to go after the president for something that might actually be 100% he, necessary. He did the same thing, though. He, what did he do at New exactly. Rochelle? He shut down New Rochelle immediately. Well, so, hold on. Quote, quote unquote, the, Governor Cuomo's lucky the president and the CDC aren't considering a cordon sanitaire for the state of New York. A lot of people who don't know what that is, that means they can, the federal government and the CDC can name this hotspot and isolate the entire state. And, and that's I what I was about isolate. to say. When I say isolate, I mean containers, walls, the army blocking every exit from the state of New York. And, and they, the they feds can do that. They can do that with a very short period of time. And, and according institutes, no one leaves, no enters whatever food supplies in here will stay here no new food supplies will come and there's a theory the city of new york seven days cut off from civilization will go into anarchy and that's when they're going to start shipping disgusting mres and i'm not looking forward to eating that crap i thought new york city already was in a state of anarchy (laughs) (laughs) but that's what i was about to say when if i was to do anything rob a bank uh in, in New York. Let's just say this is in New York. Right? Well, if you're trying to rob a bank today, Tack, you're screwed because there's no printed money. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I rob a bank. I do anything, right? I punch somebody in the face. I slash somebody's car tires, break out the windows, and freaking put a knife through their leather seats. Then you're living up it's to so, your shirt. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's New York's problem, right? Then if I jump state borders, then what does it become? Because now that's a, a federal thing. I commit a crime and I immediately flee the state. You're better so, off getting arrested. New York, <laughs> New York State will just let you go. I know. I, know. <laughs> I don't know why you're running uh, away. They're just going to let you I, go anyway. I jump, I jump uh, borders to different states. Now it becomes a, a, a federal uh, implication. Now the feds... Well, now you know... The ability to I don't come know after what me. the guys down south know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I was just trying to go to Jersey. <laughs> well, with that being said, now that we know that that the federal government does have jurisdiction over the borders of each state and and crimes committed, what makes you think? And I said earlier, if you're not willing to do what you need to do, the government can force you to do what they what they need you to do. And that's going to be taking away your, your freedoms. If Cuomo can't do what he needs to do and control his people as the quote unquote leader, then the federal government will step in and do what they need to do to force him to control his people and, the, and to force the people of New York, unfortunately, to do what they're supposed to do. So for him to, to pull that game, I'll just sue the federal government. The only reason Trump backed down is probably because once the lawsuit is over, this whole thing will be over and done with, hopefully. Well, look, um, to be very honest, I don't even think there's a reason for a lawsuit because, like I said, it, it, it is up to the federal government. If they believe, look, I'll take the federal government out of this. If the CDC turns around and says, we're doing a cordon sanitaire on New York City, 
effective immediately, you can't stop him. Mm-hmm. They know what's best. If New York City has become a hotbed and it is a hazard to people's lives around the country, they will do it. And, and there's no reason for them not to. And I fully support being a New York City resident. I'm, I'm, I'm running in New York's third, but I live in the Queens portion of it, you know, and I, I'd be stuck in here. And I, I'm not advocating for something that I would think is pleasant, but at the same time, I'm advocating for what's right for the rest of the country. We can't simply let the entire country suffer at the expense of New York City. That's just what's happening right now. And uh, as a resident of the city and, and the state, I think that we should be considering taking whatever drastic measures are needed. I mean, look, Florida won't accept the flight that, you know, originates from New York. They're not wrong. I don't think they're wrong. I think it's, 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 it's a great way to protect themselves. You know, why not? They have an elder population that's about 38%, if, if, if you know, give or take numbers there, but pretty high. Why would they want our issues down there where they're going to put you know, thousands and thousands or millions of people at risk. No, not worth it. We stay here. We ride this out. We're a resilient people. We're New Yorkers. We're one of a kind. You can see that every time something happens around the world, pray for Paris, pray for New Orleans, pray for Los Angeles. But nobody's putting hashtag pray for New York out there. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but it's okay. You don't need to pray for us. We pray for ourselves because we're better than you. <laughs> now it is you don't need to pray for new york we can pray for ourselves <laughs> new york doesn't need prayers new york just fucking does yeah exactly. new york sees the issue handles the issue and that's it <laughs> yeah that's why there's no hashtag pray for new york <laughs> all right it's a great time to move on but first guys let's get a word from our brand new sponsor shark tooth blades This next segment is brought to you by Sharktooth Blades. Hey, if you are in construction or just do a ton of handiwork yourself, you must try Sharktooth Blades in your utility knife. They are specifically made for cleaner, more precise cuts, eliminating the paper drag created by ordinary dull one-time use blades. Their blades are 10 times sharper and five times more durable. And now using promo code ESC, you will get an additional 15% off on top of their current sale prices. To get yours, visit www.sharktoothblades.com and order today. All right, George, you are running for House of Representatives in New York 3. Why should people be voting for you instead of that Democrat Tom Suozzi? Wow, you just gave me a lot of... uh, Do we have... <laughs> Thank you. On a recurring schedule for the next month. <laughs> anyway, no, seriously. Well, look, Congressman Swazi. Congressman Swazi was county executive. Congressman Swazi of Nassau County. Congressman Swazi was mayor of Glen Cove. Congressman Swazi has been in political office since 1994. I was six years old. <laughs> he was already on public payroll. I'm 31 now. I do not see any reward. You know, there's always a benefit reward of a situation. I see no reward from Congressman Swazi taking over Steve Israel's seat, former congressman of the seat for 16 years, who, despite being a Democrat, actually represented his people. He was a resident of Huntington Township, and he actually did the job of a congressman. In the middle of all of this, Congressman Swazi has obstructed the relief bill by a week, 
He allowed Nancy Pelosi to pull his strings to do what he, he's a moderate Democrat, according to him, moderate conservative, but he allowed a socialist liberal to pull his strings and tell him to delay the vote on the relief bill so they can shove in on an already absorbent bill that was 1.2 trillion, an additional $800 million because the Kennedy space, the Kennedy Center needed another 25 million and all sorts of other nonsense. And they thought it was a great time to take five or six ticket items from AOC's Green New Deal and shove it in there. And he supports that. So I don't know when he says he's a moderate conservative Democrat, if he even understands what the hell moderate and conservative mean, when the Republican Party becomes the party of the working American, quote unquote, we're the party of elites, which is not just plain and simple the truth, the party of the working man, the Democrats, obstruct that help. If a week ago, on Sunday, we had had that vote in the Senate be approved and Nancy Pelosi not jet into D.C. from her vacation in California. The checks would be on the hands of the American people this coming week because it would have been a two-week process. Now, because she decided her friends, oh, by the way, $8 million to develop to the Development Bank of Africa. Because we needed to put that there. Because the American taxpayer that's suffering from unemployment, 3.2 million new filings, needed $8 million into the bank development of Africa. And Swazi supported that. And then he takes his little half-assed speech on the House floor and tries to promote it on Facebook, my historic speech on the House floor ahead of the vote. Where was a yay or nay? And there were plenty of nays in that voice vote, but the eyes had it because there's one thing I've learned. Nobody screams I louder than a six-year-old white man. <laughs> but to, to, to be very, you know, politically correct even, um, all jokes aside, Tom Swazi's desperately looking for the limelight. He's not here. I was out there helping. I have 22 people who signed up on my website and I have my staff volunteering to run errands for elderly people who are scared to go out and walk their dogs, to go to the grocery store and pick up some groceries. My team is doing that. Swazi's field office is closed. You can't get through to them. I mean, if they're open, they're not picking up the phone. You know, so explain to me, how is a congressman all the way in D.C., while the people of his district are mourning the loss of their jobs. And he's forgetting another thing with this bill. He forgot the demographics of New York 3. The average person in New York 3 makes $103,000 a year. 62% of the people living here make $103,000 a year. Now, for, all, for you guys, you know this, and most people know, that might sound like a whole lot of money. Until you do New York City prices. Not in New York's third, where taxes are through the roof. The average property tax in Long Island in the third congressional district, which is the North Shore, is about $16,000 a year. And it's going up. Exactly. And you dig into that. And then you dig into the other fact of income taxes in New York. That's really like a fifty-five, sixty dollars $60,000 salary after taxes and property taxes. 
these people need the check. But he agreed on putting it for people under $75,000. Look, I don't need a check. Thank God I'm working. My boss is paying me. I'm able to fulfill my job. If they send me a check by mistake, it's, going, it's getting sent back. You know, and, and I think anybody who gets a check, and if you don't need it, send it back. Because this is only going to add to our national debt. And it's going to bury us and future generations into poverty. We need to control our spending and our unhinged spending and bill printing in this country. And realistically, Swazi's part of the problem. He's too busy building his national profile so he can run for president in four years. That's it. That's all it is. Remember when Shel Farley running for Senate called out Kristen Gillibrand that she was running? She was going to prepare to run for mm -hmm. president and she denied it? Well, guess what? She was lying. As, as Joe Biden would say, dog pony face liar or whatever he called it. Don't face I, I forgot she ran for president. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and we're going to forget Swazi's going to run for president again because I'm going to beat him in November because I'm part of the people. I'm out there. I'm helping. I will go do whatever people need. I am willing, ready, and able, and so is my team. And that is what I think makes a good leader and, 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 and not only leader, but representative. Remember, when you're in the, in the House of Representatives, you don't lead your district. You represent your district with what they need. And Swazi is too busy thinking he's above and better than everyone else. He's a clown. He's an, an unessential government employee that should be bounded to his house so we don't need to deal with his nonsense and his negative votes that go counter, that are counterproductive for the people of Long Island. That's it. I mean, I'm done with him. Jesus. <laughs> yes, control all types of government spending. <clears throat> control it, uh, get it to a manageable level, and then, of course, pay back that tremendous debt. That is the number one thing that I've always been concerned about, and I always say that we don't hear politicians say it. And how I've about how about when government audits itself on their gross spending? <laughs> <laughs> I just love these governmental auditors auditing governmental spending. That's why actually part of my proposal in, in my campaign is to bring outsourced auditing. You know, the same guys that put Goldman Sachs through scrutiny and audit them and audit all the other big Wall Street banks. That's what we need. We need to bring those guys. And the beauty mm -hmm. is it's a contest. You don't get the gig every year. You get the gig once every 10 years because there's so many auditors out there and it keeps a rotational basis, which eliminates corruption and bribes. You, you get know. analysts out there and you put them to audit the federal government. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> real quick. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if the American people are ready with it for it. But that's actually a proposal I have running for office. And I 100 percent agree with it. I used to have a pretty substantial amount in uh, invested in Under Armour. And I lost out on Under Armour, unfortunately, because they, they tanked. Um, but they... Hard to hear that. <laughs> they, they decided they wanted to go and uh, have outside <laughs> auditors come in because they used to do their own auditing. And that made a and whole lot tanked. of people... Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> decided they wanted to start giving away, get, getting rid of their shares because they were scared of what was going to be found. Fortunately, nothing got found. They weren't doing any underhanded, dirty work, et cetera, et cetera. But... That's something that you definitely need. You need that, that transparency as far as who's spending what, where it's actually going. You look at, um, what was his name, on 9-11, where they have that whole conspiracy theory saying that uh, 
the Pentagon couldn't track $2.1 trillion or whatever the budget was. Um, what really was happening was they didn't have systems that spoke to one another. So the department on the left had no clue what the department on the right was spending. So they were outlandishly trying to outspend one another. And it led to this whole uh, blow up of the budget. So they, they needed to make the systems talk to one another and they needed to make it more transparent so that the people can see what was being spent. So we, we do need these, these outside auditors. Tack, think about it this way. Evan, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, okay, guys? Government allots congressional spending. The average congressional office has a spending budget of about $1.7 million a year. What are they spending money on? And that's, that's where I'm going to get. There's 435 seats. And you do that math. I mean, if you want to do that math there, I, I don't have it from the top of my head, but that's a substantial amount of money on an annual basis. And the longer you serve in Congress, the larger your staff gets, the, the more benefits and all of that, your salary remains the same, which is $174,000, at least for, for NY3, which isn't, a, you know, I'm not going to say it's a small salary, but it's, it's, it's not a sustainable salary for you to live and maintain two residences, right? You have to be in DC and in your district and, and give equal love. So again, I go into this on my own terms. I have my own means where I can establish a residence in, in New York. And uh, where I have my residence in New York and I'm just going to establish a residence in DC and I'll, I'll be able to manage that salary. But the reality is that I don't think for the, there's no stretch of imagination that would make me ever want to say Congress people need to get paid more. That's just not going to manage your money and you can handle it. I don't need to see AOC every other week saying, I don't make enough money to live this lifestyle. Well, you better stop buying your clothes at Bergdorf and Saks Fifth Avenue. And then maybe you might just afford your rent, your $4,500 a month rent in DC. And you them know, damn dogs. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Oh, and designer dogs. For <laughs> comes from a rescue background. I operated and ran a nonprofit when I saw she purchased dogs, I just lost it. Whatever happened to being peace and love and, 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 you know, saving the animals and not supporting puppy mills. There's no such thing as a uh, responsible breeder anymore. Like mm -hmm. overbreed their dogs. And here's AOC paying $2,500 a pop of dog. You know? oh, she is a terrible, <laughs> terrible human being tech. She is. Uh, hey, she is. I mean, look, if you're, <laughs> if you're going to compliment her on her looks, I, I won't, I won't go after I'm her. not. I don't think a, horse. Like a donkey. A lot of people say that I don't see it. I think she's still a very attractive young woman and she's a very good looking woman. And, 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 you know, she, she takes care of herself. Good for her. Okay. She was a bartender. She had to, she had no option. Right. You, you she was clearly starving. Cause usually you only tip good looking bartenders. Lots of money. She was, she's not ugly. Come on. I don't know. I heard she had, she wasn't splitting tips with people. Oh boy. Anyway. Well, she's not, it's, <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's, it's that same saying, like Bloomberg said, it's funny how the most well-known socialist in America is a millionaire and owns two homes. <laughs> Bernie Sanders and Mike Bloomberg. That was Mike Bloomberg's biggest moment during his presidential campaign. You and know, that's, uh, apparently it goes around for all socialists here in America. They I think it, it worked practicing. for him. It worked for him because he didn't pay child support. So <laughs> he was able to save up on that money. <laughs> now what's, what's, what's even better is you have the guy that didn't pay child support that's running for president. And then you have the guy who discourages his son from paying any child support and doesn't even he says, I have five grandkids 
and doesn't even recognize that he has six grandkids. So you have these people that are saying uh, women's rights, abortion. But he also and- doesn't recognize that he was vice president and that he was senator <laughs> and that he's running for president. And that also, apparently, <laughs> a professor once he left the Senate and there's the, the school of Biden in Delaware. What? <laughs> I don't think he knows a whole lot of things. <laughs> well, you know, you shouldn't be able to have an AR-14, you know. So hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's just like... Uh, you know, I feel bad for Biden. I really do. I think he's he's there's something there going on and nobody's mm-hmm. pressing it for the for for the sake of political ambition. And I think Governor Cuomo's being groomed. I don't know. Oh God. I know he's definitely running in twenty twenty four, but I don't know. I hope he's not running this year. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you, I just don't know anymore. They, I think he's definitely running in twenty twenty four. They yeah, definitely is. don't want Bernie, but they're they're willing to go with senile, demented d- signs of dementia. Joe Biden. Anyone but Bernie. That's that's what they need. They need at that point. Bernie. Anyone but Bernie. Don't you feel? Don't you feel like Warren is beating herself? Like why did I drop out? Or Buttigieg and all of them? <laughs> I drop out. I mean, Amy Klobuchar must be having night nightmares because I think she's VP, and uh, and definitely Pete Buttigieg is Secretary of State picks. You yeah. know that's why they dropped out the same day. <laughs> so <laughs> I just don't know. They should have stayed in longer. Dementia takes a while to kick in, but when it does, it catches up real quick. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> all right, guys, moving on to the last thing for today. Department of Homeland Security. Due to all the lawsuits currently going on from the NRA and from all the other gun groups, Gun Owners of America, DHS has issued a statement saying that gun stores are listed now as essential businesses, which how could they not be when – it's literally the Second Amendment, which is our only check against tyranny. It is our only way that we can guarantee our protection from people who wish to do us harm. George, you are running for the House of Representatives. There is a horrible, horrible bill being pushed in there right now, which will infringe upon the rights of gun owners all over the country in terms of licensing and all these other issues. What is your take both on them now declaring them essential businesses and the fact that you have states like New Jersey and New York, which are forcing gun stores to close. Well, first of all, I, I, I have mixed feelings in this topic. I, I'm, I'm a gun owner. I'm a gun supporter. Second Amendment all the way. You know, um, I think that the issue with legislation, and, and I'll get back to this issue at hand now, but just to clear up, the issue with legislation in the House of Representatives is too much legislation. They write bills at the speed of light. They fund bills at the speed of light. But they don't put them into practice. If they only look at the bills at hand that are in, already written and stop writing new I mean, there was recently a bill that was written, and I, I unfortunately wasn't ready for the question, so I could have had this in hand. HR something, and there was an HR that was almost verbatim identical to something that passed in 94 or 94 that was just repassed in the house this year. And I'm like, this is already law, you bunch of morons. Like, what are you doing there? It's like writing an essay on how the Titanic sank in fourth grade. And then to graduate fifth grade, you just got to hand in the same copy because the teacher didn't know what the fourth grade teacher did. It's, 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 it's asinine. It's redundant. It's, it's, it's insane. It's insulting to us taxpayer dollars, right? So I believe that we need to roll back legislation as a whole. And 
and, and, and all these regulations in this country because we've overregulated the country. And I know Trump has done a phenomenal job in deregulating a lot of things. And look, look at the economy where it was, right? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so you're not going to see me talk about plotting and, and cahootings. And, and no, I, I don't believe in that stuff. I think that, you know, we're too good of a country to do stuff like that. Leave that to Kim Jong-un and Putin and all of those dictators and, 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 and what's his name? Not Chavez, um, Maduro in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. They're kings of, 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 of manipulative media and, and, and actions. We're just not that kind of people. And I refuse to believe we are, right? Uh, the one thing I will speak to and just make sure it's, it's, it's spoken to is guns are an essential, gun stores are an essential business in this country per our constitution. If it is the only thing that protects us citizens from tyranny, and in times like these, when shutdowns and the National Guard's all over the street, and they're calling about shutting down quarantining zones, I'm sorry. I think people need and should have the right to defend themselves and bear arms. I don't know if the government's going to turn its back on us out of nowhere. We, I mean, look, I don't want to be the one guy gunless screaming, the, the red coats are coming, red coats are coming. I don't want to be that guy. You know, oh, the red coats are coming. Come on, come to my property. You know, I'm ready for you. It's it's just unfortunately, I think that we need to start scaling back on regulation. Uh-huh. I commend the federal government, Trump, whoever said that gun owners are gun stores are an essential business. Kudos to you because you just protected and defended our constitution and our Second Amendment. I think that that's that's very important. Governors like Andrew Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, Phil Murphy, I mean, in New Jersey, he's a train wreck. I mean, you know that train that derails, but it doesn't stop moving. It keeps moving, and then it falls sideways, and <laughs> follows suit, and then there's a bridge. And you're like, ah, oh, it's going to go over the bridge now. <laughs> That's Phil Murphy since the first day he took office. He succeeded Jersey's best governor, in my opinion. I, I have a good relationship with the state of New Jersey and, and with friends and family. I think Chris Christie was a phenomenal governor, despite a lot of hatred he he went up with and fat shaming and donut eating and all of that. You know, I I think Phil Murphy is just the worst thing that could have happened to New Jersey. And these guys were waiting for an opportunity like this to to curb gun owners. And it went by like for 10 days. It's been 10 days gun stores have been closed in these areas. Mm -hmm. Kudos to Trump and the administration for, for, you know, pulling the plug on that. As, As Trump would say... Not on my watch. Zach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's, uh, they are very essential. Um, and I think that Bass Pro should be the most essential of the stores that remain open. And the reason I say that is because you look at the, the shelves, the shelves are completely empty. Bass Pro offers a whole lot of, of sport, and I'm not trying to, like, are you getting paid to plug them? Pro. No, they're, they're not, not a sponsor. Tack. We have I one know. sponsor. They're not I know. a sponsor. <laughs> but I, I'm saying I'm looking at the symbol, or I should say, in similar stores. In similar stores, you have the one-stop shops where you can get your your gear to fish and get what you need because you know who goes fishing with guns though. <laughs> that's what, that's <laughs> what I'm getting up to. You have the Tiger King, that too. And then you can go. What get are you your, fishing your for, sharks? <laughs> you can get your you can get your hunting stuff, right? And then my my third point was basically more along your lines is uh if you if they close down New York State, right? God forbid 
forget just the, worrying about the government doing anything because they will turn their back. So once it's, it's shut down and then you have that kind of purge kind of scenario, you can't tell me that you're not going to have people that's coming out of, of uh, Soundview in the Bronx filtering into the other areas once supplies and, and stuff run low looking for stupid shit. Not even things they actually need. There's going to be more people robbing you for, for toilet paper. So I need my Chef Boyardee, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give me that can of Chef Boyardee, the one with the meatballs. Yeah. Can't oh, me. these are mini balls. I like the big balls. <laughs> there, there are no SpaghettiOs at Stop and Shop. I was there today. There are no SpaghettiOs, people. I, I, I mean, like look, the Bloomberg-sized w- meatballs, okay? <laughs> I went shopping today, and uh, I mean, it's it's like it's hit or miss, right? I went early, so I've been I've been on a shopping frenzy two days because I only started leaving the house on Friday, so I wasn't up to date, up to speed with what was going out there. So the moment I got out there, I'm like, all right, let me analyze the ground. So I went to a bunch of stores: Target, BJ's, Costco. I mean, shop right, stop and shop. And I approached the manager and I said, are there stuff that you guys are only stocking up once a day so everybody gets a chance? And what is that time you do that? And what time should I be here? And I educated myself. And one place said, we'll have, we have toilet papers every day, all sorts of kinds. The moment we open, two hours later, it's gone. We have Lysol, aerosol, all sorts of, every day, all sorts of flavors or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we run out of it every, every day the first hour. I took notes, and yesterday I went out. I started off at BJ's at 9 a.m. I walked out with five roll, five containers of Lysol wipes, the jumbo ones, for $12.99. Five for $12.99, right? I walked into Stop and Shop. I got two cans of Lysol, $6.99. I walked into to, to Target. I got three surface cleaners Lysols, $3.29 or something like that each. And I said, done. I got all my cleaning essentials and I got my toilet paper at Target as well. As, and, and as well as uh, Wee Wee pads and like um, Bounty, right? Uh, paper towels. It's there. They're just stocking once a day so everybody gets a chance because there's disgusting opportunists out there. And I mean this, and I'm going to say this, it's not a very popular thing to say, especially when you're running for office, but I damn sure hope all these price gougers out of business once this is over. I want people to remember and boycott them. Because I walked in to like four or five different local shops where they were selling the skinny, small Lysol wipes for eleven ninety nine. Wow. They were selling Lysol aerosol for $20. And <sighs> sanitizers this big. Like, what is it? Maybe... I don't know, uh, 10, 12 ounces, $10. These are items that are that have a actual known shelf price. And for me, a consumer, I have, dog, I have four dogs. I buy these stuff. I buy surface cleaners. I buy Lysol wipes. I buy aerosols because I have dogs. They walk out. I don't want bacteria in my house, right? And, and, and it's, it's a known fact that they're massive carriers of germs. They walk out. They come back in your house. They go on your couch. They go on the chair. You sit and it transmits. It's, it's unfortunate, right? That's why I always have these things. So I know the shelf price for this stuff. I've had so many arguments with local shops in Queens and Nassau over the last two days. And I've had, I have a dozen recordings. I have a dozen of storefronts. And I'm ready to put together a comprehensive report and file complaints because 
I want these guys to be remembered as the guys who turned their back on us when we needed them the most. So I'd, I'd like to uh, double back after that because I kind of feel like it's a missed opportunity with the, the Second Amendment thing. Um, one of the, the biggest things I, I believe in is, <laughs> is um, national reciprocity. And I've always been kind of willing to compromise on that point. So if you, if you aren't willing to give national reciprocity to the entirety of the population, uh, we already have the LEOSA, which, uh, Evan, you should know a little bit about. Yeah. The Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act. But then you have people that travel all the time. Uh, truckers. Um, you've got uh, military that, that go from state to state to state. Um, and I have my, my own beast with, with that as well. But uh, there are certain sects of people who honestly need that the, the uh, national reciprocity because of the fact that they're always out there. They're always on the road. Uh, they're, they're with their families and they're traveling with their families. And push comes to shove. They stop late night in Atlanta. They pull off 85 and they need to, to fill up at a gas station. They end up getting robbed. Or, you know what I mean? Uh, something that's a bad there. misrepresentation of Atlanta, though. <laughs> I like Atlanta a lot. I'm sorry. I love Atlanta. It's one of my favorite southern cities, right behind. Baton I love Blue. going to Atlanta, but uh, <laughs> that's a bad way to start. The wrong side of Bankhead, you know what I mean? The wrong area of Baton Rouge is the the same anyway. I could have chose Little Rock, Arkansas. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like going to the Bronx at 4 a.m. looking for a gallon of milk. It's exactly. Like, you don't need milk that bad. You don't need milk. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, no, it's okay. I, I can wait. <laughs> but, uh, Give him water. <laughs> I feel like that national reciprocity is a, a much, much needed thing, especially when you look at like times like now. You have essential workers are the only people that's on the road. These essential workers very often have specific supplies. And if people were stupid enough and they're like, we're going to go to this truck stop, you know what I'm, and I, and I know I'm throwing scenarios out and scenarios can be anything, but these are very real possibilities. Even on a normal day, you have truckers sleep at trucks. It can be anywhere. Really? Yeah. I agree. I do it, it fast matter. and furious style. Me and my buddies, we take our black little <laughs> Civics and we just jump on the cars as the movie. <laughs> I, I needed really? toilet paper today. All right. I needed it. Did you get any? Yeah, I got it. Oh, how yeah. many rolls do you have total in your house now? Oh, I got like 30. I had some left, but I, I wanted to make sure I had Did more. you really need 30 rolls of toilet paper? No, but I ordered some on Amazon and it got delayed. So I figured that the truck got robbed and my toilet paper is gone. So I didn't want Did to run you, out. They didn't did have you guys actually hear about the truck that got no. robbed? <laughs> no. I was on Facebook today and there's some article from some newspaper, a tractor trailer transporting toilet paper cleaning products from a warehouse was halted on the road and ransacked. See? I'm See? <laughs> National <laughs> reciprocity now. <laughs> well, look, uh, with national reciprocity, there's an issue here, right? I, I agree to it, but the it's, it's, it's a li- look, hey, first, second amendment, let's do this, but States have the right to accept what reciprocity they want from another state. Yeah, it's the same with driver's licenses. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's you're never going to get the federal government to force them because it falls upon the state. Mm-hmm. That's something that one governor can come in and say, we now accept gun licenses from these states. 
the moment he leaves office and the next liberal lunatic comes in and says, well, we are sending this, <laughs> you know, yeah. now you all become grandfathered or you just become illegal gun holders in the state. So it's, it's, it's a really tricky situation. Look, I'm telling you, and, and I'll put it this way, it's getting a carry permit in the city and state of New York is equal to finding unicorn poop in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't exist. So it, it, it's, it's rare. I, I've managed to get a carry permit uh, in the state of New York um, because of my line of work. I'm a, I work in finance. I, I handle large transactions on a daily basis for 11 years. I am, at a, I am a high risk target that needs protection. So it's, it's about following the process. It's not easy. It took me almost five and a half years. Wow. And by that time you could have been shot and murdered. I could have. And trust me, the attempts were plentiful. <laughs> From angry investors who made bad decisions and blamed them on me. So. Oh, God. Not everybody goes under with Under Armour and <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> not, definitely not, not my investors, especially where they come from. So, <laughs> All right, George, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let's let the folks know at home where they can find you online and if they would like to donate to your campaign, where they can do that as well. Yes, actually, I'll take you up on that. You should donate to my campaign. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so look, uh, this is a grassroots campaign. We're raising, you know, 10, 20, 50 bucks, 100 bucks from, from the common Joe. Uh, nothing too crazy. If you can go on my website, George, com because it's George for NY, but it's the word for. Uh, if you think you like me, you like what I stand for, a little bit goes a long way. I, I incentivize people to See how much you can pay, you can donate throughout time if it's $25 a month, $50 a month to help yourself actually have representation in, in DC, representing you and your neighbors and your family. I would, supp- I would appreciate the support. A little bit goes a long way. We have a lot of stuff to pay for, a lot of stuff to get out there so we can be competitive with, with Congressman Swazi. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Twitter. Santos, number four, Congress. That's it. It's very simple. I'm on there. I'm active. I'm taking jabs at Congressman Swazi on Twitter almost on a daily basis, and I enjoy it so very much because I get more views and, 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 and likes and interactions on my posts than the actual Congressman does. So. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show, and I'm sorry I hijacked the show, gentlemen. No, it's all right. I did the same thing yours. But guys, yeah. make sure make sure you follow us on social media. Follow Tack on Instagram at Solomon Tack. That's two A's and a C. There's, There's no, no K in Tack. Follow us on our Instagram at Get Red Pilled NY. And now, for some reason, on TikTok at Get Red Pilled NY. Don't ask me why. I was forced into it by our new social media manager. Don't want to talk about it. But also check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives and on all podcast platforms at Empire State Conservatives Podcast. Every time you listen, we get a little bit of money. Also, make sure you check out our sponsor. The spot is earlier in there. Their link is also on our Facebook page and will be at the bottom of this episode, Shark Tooth Blades. They make a great product. For that, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And don't let fear take your freedom. (laughs) 